Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, coming at you live from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. It's really good to be back with you, uh, coming in a solo episode, the first one that I've done since being out in Tennessee for a week teaching the RTO, Advanced RTO, and Signals Intelligence courses out there. Absolute packed house, great patriots, great people, and uh, what what an incredible experience. Uh, being off-grid and being among some incredible folks and uh, a, a huge number of incredible patriots from the entire southeastern region. It was really something... Um, that, that was quite inspiring because, to be fair, I didn't even expect that many students for an entire week in late winter to be, you know, coming, filling in a class and, and really uh, making it what it became. I wasn't expecting all that. I wasn't expecting all that. And... For such an amazing class, it, it was. I, I was really taken aback by it. I, like I said, I am continuously impressed by the caliber of people, the caliber of students, the the wonderful people uh, who who are coming out of the woodwork, who are standing up, who are American patriots. You know, and throughout the the duration of the course, of course, um, you know, the big news, the Russian incursion into Ukraine and we're going to be talking a whole lot breaking that down in this episode and uh, because I know it's what is on literally everybody's mind Uh, it is it is what is dominating the news cycle and the propaganda is really um through the roof on this one and I've, I've written a couple of pieces I'm going to be diving into it here real quick and want to want to shed some light on what I think is the bigger picture but first uh, real quick show sponsors civildefensemanual.com Civil Defense Manual 2 volume set coming from Jack Lawson I of course contributed the communications chapter to it and uh, I'm telling you you're not going to find a better reference out there on how to quickly build up in a comprehensive way a mutual assistance group, how to uh, create that neighborhood protection team and really build um, a, a neighborhood that is defensible and sustainable. 
in a large number of ways. I'm telling you, you need that book. I advertise for it on every one of these podcasts. And I think that, you know, it, it, it's critical reading. I was very honored to be a part of that project and uh, very, very impressed with the knowledge that is contained in there. Of course, Blacksmith Publishing, uh, my very good friends, Special Forces legends in their own right, Mike Blackburn and Paul LeFevre over at Blacksmith Publishing have a large number of books, all available on Amazon. The Warriors Bookstore, they wrote the book on small unit tactics, the U.S. Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics Handbook, and a heck of a lot of other great stuff. I mean, Iron Sharpening Iron, I've talked about it, uh, Ad nauseum. I think it it is mandatory reading if you are an American man here in the United States, you're an American man based in faith of any denomination, of any denomination, or maybe you're not very faithful. You know, I was talking uh, yesterday's interview with Matt Giswelli, which, you know, if you didn't hear that, you didn't hear him witnessing his transformation from being kind of an apolitical liberal on the, on, on the, the political spectrum to becoming a real warrior. A real warrior for Christ. And and what an amazing story. But I'm telling you, iron sharpening iron. You need it. You definitely need it. Everything else that they publish, I think, is just chock full of wisdom that, that is almost impossible to get somewhere else out there from genuine professional soldiers with the bona fides to back it up. And of course, my very good friend Joe Dolio over at tacticalwisdom.com. And his three-volume set, Tactical Wisdom, is available over there. And, of course, he's got his Amazon page as well. I have links down in the show notes for all of those. I'm going to have Joe back on um, this week. Hopefully, hopefully, our schedules can line up. And um, really, really looking forward to getting his breakdown and analysis because... Um, you just meet one of those people that, that you're on the same page and, you know, you, you just say, you know, me and you, we're on the same wavelength. We think alike. And one of the cool things about tactical wisdom and about him is that being a devout Christian and writing his books from that perspective, from a biblical perspective of really that that foundation of why we prepare and adding relevance to every one of the chapters citing scripture and uh you know we really need that we really really need that we need that in our lives we need that i think now more than ever because looking at the the current events uh looking at how things are breaking down how they are escalating we are really entering some very dangerous territory. Now, uh, I'll stay up front. I, 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 you know, I'll put it out there. When I'm wrong, I say it. And, <clears throat> you know, my assessment of Ukraine, my assessment of the Russian buildup along uh, the Belarusian border, they still have a, a massive buildup. Um, on the border with Poland as well, which is, is pretty concerning. But 
we analyze things from the perspective of what is the most likely course of action, what is the most dangerous course of action based on the information that we are presented at any at any one given time. So, you know, we talked about it and, uh, you know, I've, I've had uh, Madman Actual, who is uh, a former intelligence professional uh, with a couple of agencies, um, you know, from the Green Suter side, from the Dot Mill side, and then um, over on the Dot Gov side as well. And we talked about it and, and he and I had several discussions uh, offline as well. Uh, regarding the situation and, you know, from, from both of our perspectives coming from a military background, you know, the most dangerous or the most deadly course of action, the MD COA that Russia could take against Ukraine would be an incursion. Now it is fascinating to me, uh, the level of disinformation that has permeated the airwaves um, I will say this and, you know, today's been very interesting. I wrote a piece this morning, um, diving into the international brigade, it's, uh, titled Q the international brigade. And I'll have a link down below. It's up on AmericanPartisan.org. Uh, it went up at, at nine this morning, but, um, I'm going to be diving a little bit into that, but first I, I want to say that whenever the media, Whenever the media, and by the media, I mean the CNN, the MSNBC, the ABC, the CBS, right? They're all owned by, uh, with CBS, you have Viacom. With NBC, you have Universal. With CNN, you have AT&T. With Fox News and ABC, you have Disney. When they are all together in unison, And when you have both political parties pretty much in unison, I've been taking a lot in since I popped back up on the grid coming from class and and paying attention to a lot of this. Because again, the, um, the expeditious nature of the declaration of the People's Republic of Luhansk and Dantesk took me by surprise. Um, the initial incursion took me by surprise as well because we didn't expect it. And the movement of the Russian nuclear forces to their essentially their equivalent of uh, DEFCON 2 or LERTCON 2 is um, very concerning. Uh, very concerning. So. I can only venture to guess that we're probably at the same equivalent level or thereabouts close to it. Um, that That's just what I'm hearing from uh, sources that, that talk to me that shall remain nameless, uh, who are in capacities to know. And I want to... Bottom line is this, is that nobody prays for peace like the soldier. Nobody prays for peace more than the veteran because the horrors of war, the impact on a civilian populace, 
the the families at home of those who who are lost on any side of the conflict. It's absolute horror. And if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it up close and, and in person, um, you, you can't understand it. It's something that is is absolutely terrifying. And it is something that you pray never has to happen. Uh, never has to happen. But yet, but yet, it does. And, you know, it, it's... It is something that me, personally, my personal opinion on the matter was entirely avoidable. Um, entirely avoidable through a position of strength, which we do not have. We absolutely do not have the way that we tucked our tail and ran from Afghanistan. We abandoned our allies over and over and over again. Consistently, the mess that we made in Iraq, the way that we dropped the ball in Syria, the adventures in regime change and, and failed color revolutions, which absolutely devastated the Arab world. We ran completely roughshod over that and made generational enemies, made generational enemies out of people who probably would have been open to trade with us had we not just been so damn greedy about it. Now, does this absolve Russia from barbarism? Does this absolve the uh, the absolute horrible cost of war? No, no, it does not. And this is not a taking sides in this. See, the, the irony is, in the rest of the world, outside of the United States, is that it is it is the position of nationalism wherever you go. They look at their nation as something of pride. The Ukrainians do this. And of course our media is reinforcing that. But the Russians do this as well. Just like the Vietnamese do this. They called it the Great Patriotic War to simply get rid of the French and then the Americans in the Vietnam War. And now they invite our businesses in with open arms. The Chinese, staunch nationalists, they have com they, they, they are managed through a communist system, yes. But it is through nationalism. And th this is the way the, the, the entire rest of the world works, except here in the United States. And that is the fundamental flaw in our thinking. So, in explaining that point, it is also flawed thinking when we point out a contrarian point of view or a point of view that is not one of a non-player character of simply memeing and shilling whatever talking points we're fed. And in this era, in 2022, with the expeditious nature of social media, the mainstream media is finding itself in a severe identity crisis. When a podcast like this one, which required very little money to start up, requires quite a bit to keep running, but very little to start up, is beating out podcasts that have substantial financial backing behind it. The mainstream media is in a lot of trouble in all its forms. 
because the truth veil has been pulled back. You know, I was having a conversation last week, ironically, talking about Orwell's 1984. And Orwell's 1984 is a book that I would venture to guess most of you are familiar with. Uh, Most of you have probably read and most of you think that you understand Orwell's 1984. And maybe on a functional level you do. But what you do not understand about Orwell the man versus Orwell the author is that Orwell the man learned the tricks that the British Empire played on the Indian people while he was a policeman for the British in India. Having a crisis of conscience in the colonial exploitative system that the British had in place there, any attempt at true grassroots independence movements among the Indians was stymied and stifled. And he took notes of all the tricks. Now, he ended up going on fighting with the anarchist brigade in the Spanish Civil War, something that's going to be very, very important and something I talk about next uh, on this podcast. But he became disillusioned with it all. First disillusioned with the British, understanding that the nation of his birth was exploiting this group of people in a quite horrible manner. Because you have to understand that Winston Churchill was one of the men who really got the ball rolling on the whole concentration camp thing in their exploits in South Africa against the Boers. It's true, look it up. And because of that, because the same sort of things were occurring and all of the tricks were occurring the main antagonist of 1984 is not big brother but rather it was the british government itself ingsoc english socialist party it's exactly what it was and so the Emmanuel Goldstein character, the false resistance movements that came and went, which were just big, juicy honeypots awaiting Winston Smith when he learned in the end that it was all for naught. Winston Smith himself was Orwell the man. Now, I tell you all this, and I tell you these things to give you a perspective and what our media is telling us right now. How they have presented a dichotomy. Zelensky good. Putin bad. Putin has been bad since the very beginning. Putin meddled in the elections. Even though it was a lawful election. And we certainly have a major history and problem of doing the same all throughout the world. It is Putin who has readied the nuclear forces and is wanting to park nuclear weapons off of our borders, although it was us who placed biological weapons labs in Ukraine and Georgia. Oh, but see, that was supposed to be 
a conspiracy theory. That was supposed to be nothing more than nonsense talk coming out of the Kremlin. We would never do such a thing. And surely we did not. Surely. Surely we did not. We don't make biological weapons here in the United States. But the, the interesting thing about that, the interesting thing about that is there has been a documentary. Short one. You can watch it in a setting. It's only about five minutes long. It's a real short clip regarding the biological threat reduction program in Ukraine, the Caucasus, and Central Asia. That's very, very interesting. Very interesting. And when you watch this video, pay attention to the body language. Pay attention to what the people are not saying rather than exactly what is coming out of their mouth. This was published, by the way, by none other than the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. And yes, it's Kiev, not Kiev. Notice that they changed. This is newspeak that they are utilizing here. Not Kiev, or not Kiev, it's Kiev. That's how it is pronounced. Okay, uh, but they changed it because it's newspeak. Newspeak and doublespeak. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> let's, let's think about this real quick. So we have a, a quote-unquote biological threat reduction program that uh, was had data at least published about it and regarding it in at least 2014. And we know, of course, in, in and around that time leading up to 2015, we had gain-of-function research that was being conducted here in the United States, which most famously culminated in sars covid 19. The same people who are telling us that we need to stand with Ukraine, we need to stand with poor little Zelensky, are the same ones who told you, take the vaccine, take your shot, wear your mask, stay indoors, two more weeks, two more weeks, two more months, flatten the curve, close your businesses, oh, and we'll throw you in jail. If you violate it, we'll find you out of existence and we're going to kill all of the old people, confining them to nursing homes where we know are going to be a breeding ground for COVID-19. They did all of this, but they did worse. They did absolutely much, much worse. Going back to 24 August 2017, coming from Russian news agency TASS, hacker group says U.S. biological labs active in Ukraine. And the source on this was not friendly to the Russians by any means. It was a pro-Ukrainian nationalist hacker organization named Cyber Burkut. A Ukrainian hacker group, Cyber Burkut, has published the results of its investigation which say that a network of biological labs is running covert experiments in Ukraine under the U.S. control. CyberBurkut continues to follow the covert activities of U.S. special services and non-governmental organizations in Ukraine, the group said in a statement posted on its website on Thursday. 
Recently, outbreaks of diseases rare for our country have been actively discussed on the web. Many Ukrainians believe that they were caused by secret experiments with pathogenic microorganisms held in U.S. biological labs in various cities of our country. A total of 15 such facilities financed by the United States have been built in our country since 2009 with the alleged purpose of reducing biological threats. The article goes on to say outbreaks of rare diseases that shocked Ukraine in recent years were probably caused by routine leaks from these labs. However, the scenario appears to be highly unlikely considering how skilled U.S. specialists are. More likely, those outbreaks were intentional and were part of tests and, mod and modifications of biological warfare agents with a purpose of testing and improving them, the group says. Gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research before the term became widespread and known and famous as it is now. And I find it quite ironic that the same people who are telling us that we need to stand with Ukraine, we need to pay $150,000 per shot, per weapon, to send over to this country to arm the Azov Battalion, who is running around shooting civilians. We've got footage of that. I have a link up to it. And I'm not much for gore porn, so I don't put that stuff on, on my site because I ain't got time for it. And I'm going to respect the dead. But that is what these people are doing. And they're literal Nazis. They're literal Nazis. But they got armed. Zelensky gets out there and says, you know, hey, we, we really want a no-fly zone. And, of course, that's going to be a bridge too far for Washington. Hey, we'll give you javelins, but a, but a no-fly zone's a bridge too far. And the propaganda, the ghost of Kiev, right, the ghost of Kiev. Who is this ghost of Kiev and where are the aircraft, the 23 or whatever it was supposed to be, they shot down? It's just propaganda. It's It's propaganda. Plain and simple, these are lies, and these are lies that are being perpetuated on part of our own, our own media. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is a war that we picked. We picked it. We picked the fight. We picked the war. We set the stage, and we pushed the boundary a little bit too far. Why? How? Because with NATO, we kept pushing the goalposts further and further. We said that there would be no expansion, and then there was expansion. We said that we're not going to park weapons on your doorstep, and we parked weapons on your doorstep. In 2008, in, 2008 in Georgia, which is very interesting, Georgia is the site uh, uh, in the Caucasus region where one of these biological uh, threat reduction program labs is located in 2008, Raytheon went in and put in a missile defense shield. Placed it right there on the Russian doorstep. Prior to 2004 and the beginning of this program, the Russians had expressed great interest in wanting to work with the United States. Economically, free trade, um, and, and of course that all went sideways and rather quickly. Again, don't confuse this with absolving the Russians. I'm going to get to the bigger bigger strategy and the bigger scheme of maneuver here and why this is absolutely horrible for the United States long term. 
But the point needs to be made. We were not pragmatic in any way, shape, or form in doing this. We continued to push the boundaries, and then finally, over the years, uh, with Burisma, with the various black projects that were going on outside of anyone's supervision, because Ukraine was quite literally the Wild West for dark government projects going on, as we're just seeing the tip of this iceberg right now. We're just seeing the tip of this iceberg. So, we're putting the weapons out there. We're developing them. And meanwhile, we've got this huge money operation going on called Burisma, which I've talked about quite a bit in the past, which current president Joe Biden most famously or infamously said on record, I'm going to call up the president. I'm going to tell that son of a bitch he's going to get rid of that prosecutor that's investigating us or I'm going to withhold the billion dollars. That's what he said. A billion dollars in foreign aid, that bribe money, which is how we operate because it's dirty politics. He's bragging on this. The guy was bragging on this. I wonder if he brags on this during the State of the Union address. We shall see. Uh, We shall absolutely see. But to the larger point, in the 1990s, nuclear weapons were pulled out of Ukraine and handed back to the Russian Federation. And then Zelensky says, comes out and says, well, you know, I want to park nuclear weapons here. The question is not, as some people in the comments section over on American Partisan were alleging, uh, whether or not nuclear weapons would be or could be present in Ukraine. It's a fundamental question, as it always is, of who is arming them. Because whoever you arm now in turn owes you fealty. So which way are the weapons going to fly? That's why Putin armed his people, readied his people for a possible exchange of nuclear war. Or in nuclear war, rather. That's why. All of this could be de-escalated. All of this could be de-escalated rapidly if the truth came out. But we know that it cannot. Because the people who are running this, who are running all of this, are pathological liars. These are the same people who have been pushing this great reset narrative since the very beginning. Top to bottom. They want it. They wanted a war. And if you think otherwise, you're delusional. Now, this is going to be catastrophic for the United States in the long run, and I'll tell you why. Russia being aligned with China have been making major moves with the Belt and Road Initiative, particularly in South and Central America. All of the programs that Reagan warned us about and fought actively to try to stop. That's why this podcast is called Radio Contra in honor of the freedom fighters in Nicaragua because they were particularly effective And it was only until the carpet was pulled out from under them that they fell flat. But now all of those nations have fallen under the communist banner yet again. 
The Russians are arming them. The Russians are training them. The Chinese are right behind them, providing even more material support. And their agents are flooding right up through our southern border. Instead of worrying about Ukraine's sovereignty, a place that is rife with corruption, because it's making money for the elites while they provoke a war, we're now having to to absolutely suffer the consequences of their incredibly stupid blunders, leaving our back door wide open. But that's what they want. That's what they want. And so for everybody who has digested any of this or who is falling into the trap, neocon, neoliberal, it doesn't matter. There are two sides to the same rotten tree. Anybody who is falling into the trap of believing that any of this, that any of this at all is just going to pan out. It'll just be normal. It's just going to work out. Oh, that's a war in Europe, and it's better to fight them on their turf than to fight them here. You're going to fight them here regardless. I got news for you. They're already here. They're already operating in our backyard. They're coming in. Did you forget the two airfields that were built in Del Rio that I reported on? I got the overlays up. Did you forget the Lord A's Signals Intelligence Station? One of the first things that I wrote on American Partisan when it went live. Russia canceling the debt to Cuba, reopening it. I built overlays for that as well. Put them up there. Best, best open source intelligence in the game. It still is. I've been ahead of the curve. It would have been better to fight these people by not playing their game at all. Closing our damn borders and worrying about our national sovereignty before we go meddling in the affairs of other nations. To create a self-sufficient America, a United States, wall ourselves off to hell with it. But instead, they have created a diversion. They have created a diversion of their own making based on conditions that they created and they've laid the foundation for this long ago. You heard anything else about the Canadian truckers? You heard anything about the American Freedom Trucker Convoy? Nope. And you're not going to. That's all gone and it's going to go away. They're not going to report on it anymore. They're not going to talk about it anymore because their narrative started to fall apart. The great lie, the great fraud has been exposed. How do you put the genie back in the bottle? Ask Winston Smith. So, the invasion of Ukraine... The incursion into Ukraine has been a very interesting one on a lot of levels. Um, there's, there's a lot of different military thinkers out there who have 
put a lot of this together and, and they've been talking about it in a lot of different ways. Over on the forum, forum.brushpeter.org, um, we were having kind of a colorful conversation about it last night. There's many uh, retired military professional uh, career officers, career senior NCOs that are over on the forum. And we were having kind of a uh, colorful conversation about, you know, is the era of heavy armor over? in light of the significant losses that the Russians have taken uh, at the hands of uh, Javelins, AT-4s, um, and uh, Small Ds as well. Even though Small D is, is not specifically an anti-armor weapon, um, the AT-4 is, but they're, they're all, uh, they, they've all made their way over into uh, Ukraine and specifically in the hands of the Azov battalion, um, who, you know, we, we'll dive deeper into in, in a future podcast, but they are the, the political army of Zelensky. And, uh, there is footage out there of them liquidating a great number of civilians. Uh, there was one video that came across the, um, the wire, of civilians who were Greek. Uh, they were Ukrainians of Greek descent and they were executed. Uh, a father and son combo uh, in a car and they, they were executed by Azov. And the timestamp on the video absolutely lines up. They definitely did it. Uh, so, you know, that, that's what the United States is, is choosing to back here. Um, Meanwhile, you know, accusing the Russians of, of atrocities. Now, I'm not saying that that's not happening. Again, I'm not saying that that's not happening, but they are definitely not car- carpet bombing cities and, you know, going after major civilian targets. But with that also said, when you arm the civilian populace, when you come out and say that, when you say that you're going to empty the prisons and arm all of the prisoners as well, uh, you're really blurring the lines at that point. And I'm fairly certain, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm fairly certain that the law of land warfare prevents things like that or has a uh, special provision for cases like that. Just a thought. Uh, it's just a thought. Of course, you, you're not hearing this. This is stuff that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media, and that's why you're here on Radio Contra. Uh, so with the Russian incursion, they came in, in a number of different angles, what, uh, looked like a, a classic, um, converging routes attack, because if you come in, you swarm from many different angles it can create chaos. Um, a lot of reports are coming out from various organizations, you know, for good or bad, the analysis is what it is. You just take the raw information and, and try and develop a, an analysis out of it. And that's really the best that you can do with, with the fog of war, especially given the filtered nature of, of a lot of the, the mainstream news outlets. But anyhow, with that said, um, they, they seem to have been bogged down and, um, took a tactical pause for two days, 28, 29 February, took a tactical pause. There were no future, um, movements, uh, several key cities in the Eastern half of Ukraine, pushing inward, uh, further inland coming North of Crimea. And of course, Westward from Dontesk have been taken and, uh, not, 
too much fighting going on in the rear. There's a little bit. Uh, there's a little bit here and there, but there's there's not a huge amount of fighting. Um, the real battle is going to be heading towards Kiev, and it looks like they are making movements to circle the city. And um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, this is going to be interesting. They're going to lay siege to it. Very limited in their strikes. Very, very limited in their strikes as compared to uh, the U.S. program of shock and awe where we literally destroyed all of the infrastructure and then spent about a decade trying to build it back up. Uh, but anyhow, you know, we're going to see how this is working out. I, I, for one, don't believe the mainstream media propaganda that, you know, the, the Russian bear is, is kind of on the ropes. But I also don't believe what the Russians are putting out that, you know, they're, they're more successful than they are. The truth, as always, is somewhere in between. Uh, but in terms of Ukraine wanting to impose a no-fly zone, that's very, very significant to me. Meaning that they, they're getting their butts kicked on the ground and they are very afraid that without dominance of the the air uh, of that domain, because their air force is, is for the most part, inoperable, uh, many of their runways throughout the interior of Ukraine, within about 50 miles or so of, of the uh, flot or the forward line of troops, have all been hit. They've been hit with um, with a you know precision munitions or or roughly the equivalent of precision munitions coming from Su 35s. So um, they're having a hard time. Um, they're having a hard time, and they're going to continue to have a hard time. But that being said, it is appearing that in looking at least in the past twenty four hours where the precision munition strikes have been. If you take an overlay of the the uh, biological threat reduction program labs, let's be very specific in the terms uh, here. That is what the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine is calling them. If you look at where those strikes have occurred, and you look at the areas that are currently being contested, uh, the the maps line up. Yeah, the maps absolutely line up. So, uh. We're really just at the beginning of this. We are at the, the beginning of this, and I think that we are in for a what could be possibly be a rapid escalation. Um, but, uh, you know, that all, of course, underscores why you need to be prepared. That all, of course, underscores why you need to be out training, why you need to, you know, be doing everything you can to be better today than you were yesterday and have a plan to become better tomorrow than you are today uh, in every way possible. Absolutely every way possible. Now I wrote a piece this morning that got quite a bit of attention called cue the new international brigade. And specifically what I was talking about was this stage setting for the new cadre who are going to be operating in Ukraine, this is going to be the new Antifa 2.0 that I predict will be coming back to our shores. However, this war ends. Doesn't really matter. There's a cadre, and this was uh, this began on BuzzFeed, and then it went over to UK Daily Mail. You know, BuzzFeed is uh, 
not really a reputable source. UK Daily Mail is a pretty reputable source, but then turns around and uh, propagandizes a lot of it because that's that's just their thing. That's what they do. But anyway, quoting from that, there's this uh, group of 10 special ops veterans who are going around and, and recruiting People are staging in Poland, and they're, they're going to head over into Ukraine where they're going to uh, take up Zelensky on his offer to join the defense of Ukraine, Europe, and the world. And, uh, of course, there's a U.S. Army veteran, quote-unquote, that is arranging their passage into that country. You know, on its face, this looks like a noble thing. On its face, you know, America really loves the underdog. We really love... Um, you know, fighting the good fight and getting out there and, you know, kind of, we just, that's just our thing. You know, Hemingway wrote for whom the bell tolls and it, it, you know, the, the whole book played on that truth and, you know, Teddy Roosevelt kind of was, was a similar mindset reflected on it. Several of his speeches, Patton, of course, as well, very famously. And so it's really significant to me. And, and part of that does tug at the heartstrings until you look a little bit deeper, until you begin to at least look at recent history, the past decade, the past 10 years. And since the fight in Syria, since the rise of ISIS, what we saw was a training camp that was set up in the Rosava region where Antifa in its prototype form, and it was a small cadre of people from Germany that stood it up, were training with the communist anarchists of the Kurdish region, YPG people. I've talked about this a lot. Uh, and of course, they're a declared terrorist group as well. The YPG are. But anyway, with that said, this is where Antifa 1.0 came from. This is where John Brown Gun Club came from. This is where the shift in language on the left from this, you know, let's disarm everybody and, you know, rights for this group, that group, the other, right, categorization of people and, and kind of limited to in, in their style of protest, all of a sudden did a 180 and became armed and became uh, vocal advocates for being not just armed, but heavily armed. Antifa develops and rises and foments. And then we saw what we saw from 2015 through 2020. Folks, this is Antifa 2.0. They are absolutely doing this right now. As I link to in that article, if you follow the links, Reddit has an entire page called Volunteers for Ukraine. And it is chock full of people who are volunteering from Portland and Seattle. So you tell me. You tell me who these armed people, these blue-haired fanatics from, from Portland and Seattle who are wanting to go over to Ukraine. You tell me what their ideology is, and you tell me what they're going to learn when they get there. They are going there to get their training and come back and bring it back with them for a communist revolution here in the United States. It's exactly what is happening. 
And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, I sincerely invite you to pull your head out of your ass and take a look at the real world around you. It's about to get wild. No matter what the outcome of this blunder in Ukraine, on all sides, it's a shit show on all sides. Not even going to mince words about it because that's exactly what it is. But do not forget the fundamental reality that the United States and the West had a very heavy hand in provoking this and continue to do so. We fomented a color revolution in Ukraine to put a puppet in charge. And for all the apologists for the West and for NATO out there saying, yeah, but they had a puppet before that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they absolutely did. But it was one who was there to keep the peace. And they got a little bit too greedy about it. They pushed that envelope a little bit too far. And now we're all going to reap the consequences. It's a sad state of affairs. And we don't have our border in order. We don't have our house in order. We're more strongly divided than ever. We have a government that absolutely lies to us on every opportunity it gets. They lied to us about COVID. They call half of the United States who has a differing political philosophy than them liars. They call everyone who is not part of the mainstream media outlet, myself included, domestic terrorists. And they are absolutely 100% holding political prisoners based on the January 6th rally that was simply calling for accountability. Who were, by the way, the only people who died there, the only people who were shot there was one person, Ashley Babbitt. She was a martyr for freedom by a Capitol Police officer working for Nancy Pelosi and accountable to none. Do any of you see the issues here? Do any of you see the bigger picture of what's going on here? I mean, is everyone out there a non-player character? Are only a few of us out there thinking? In all seriousness, the ridiculousness of this, of this entire thing. It's all out there. The truth will get out at some point. It always does. And that's really the double-edged sword of the world that we live. Is that the truth absolutely will get out. Facts will get out, and they'll get out sooner rather than later. But anyway, with that said, again, that underscores why you need to be training here at home. You need to be preparing. Whatever it is that you have, you do not have enough. Whatever it is that you are doing right now, you're not doing enough. You need to double down. If you look at the inflation, if you look at the gas prices, if you look at the supply chain shortages, I don't know what more proof you need of the precariousness of this situation. Folks, get training. Check the training schedule. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. I got a whole lot of stuff up. I just added a couple more dates. There is the um, fighting carbine course coming up this weekend. Absolutely full. Um... Not taking any more. I've got. A, I had to turn a bunch of people away today. I had a bunch of emails. 
that I answered had to turn people away. I got another one on the calendar coming up in June. Another one on the calendar coming up in June. RTO, Advanced RTO and Signals Intelligence. Also going to be here at my place here in North Carolina the following week. Uh, so carbine course, one day of a gap in between, and then jumping right into the RTO courses uh, series, RTO, Advanced RTO, and Signals Intelligence. So one weekend learning how to fight with a rifle, the rest of that week learning how to communicate at the tactical and strategic level, learn a little bit about clandestine communications as well. And when I say a little bit, I mean a whole lot of bit. Um, this is a course like none other. Uh, these courses are like none other. Of course, I've got other dates that are up. Going to be in Michigan. Going to be out in Washington State as well. And uh, got a lot on the calendar. Got a lot on the calendar. The Wyoming dates in June. Really, really looking forward to getting out there. Love, absolutely love Wyoming. Don't forget the tracking class is up on the calendar that tracking class, by the way, taught by a very, very good friend of mine who has a lifetime of certified tracking experience. He has been certified through various agencies um, and has learned from some of the absolute best names in the industry. Ab Taylor. Uh, Ab Taylor had, had the opportunity to train him with him. Amazing. Just amazing. And uh, what he brings to the table is is really really incredible i'm blessed to be able to have him so if you want in on the tracking class you definitely got to get with me here real soon uh because that class is coming up right around the corner and of course we also have up on the calendar the prolonged field care austere field care course that is taught by a medical doctor who did a residency and a lot of volunteer work with Doctors Without Borders in Central America. What an incredible experience and a blessing to have that class as well. It's one that is going to be very, very different than I think um, anything else that is offered in the preparedness world. So you're going to want to get in on this. Uh, all the way down to sanitation, water treatment, how to treat water in an austere environment, and the treatment of cholera. Uh, how to uh, set up a cholera treatment clinic, how to run all of that, run it all off-grid. It's going to be really amazing. I am absolutely looking forward to it. Now, later on in the year, scout course, recce course, a lot of questions about the recce course. A lot of questions about the recce course, and um, it is the follow-on to the scout course. You know, the scout course, we, we cover the, the basics of marksmanship, then moving at night, individual movement techniques, moving as a team, the principles of ambush and counter-ambush tactical movement, camouflaging, and then, of course, uh, conducting raids. And, and it's all kind of large-scale how we do it in the scout course because it's laying the foundation of how to train to fight, uh, how to train others to fight too, and how to do that in a, a in a functional and, and plausible way. The recce course builds on this, breaking you down into smaller teams. And um, it's, uh, 
it is a unique training experience and a certainly a unique course that I have put together and um, really, really looking forward to it. So both of those classes, the scout course, usually I end up having to turn people away from the scout course because it is the, these fill up quick. So just looking ahead, look over on the training calendar. Uh, brushbeater.org slash training calendar. That's brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Take a look at the courses that are up there. Definitely hit me up. I want to train with you. That is my absolute paramount goal is to get the training out there to the great people of the United States in every corner of this awesome, incredible country because you're worth it. Uh, you're absolutely worth it, even though our leadership seems to fail us at every opportunity and only seems to think about themselves and how they're going to enrich themselves. You know, it's it's up to us. It's up to us to stand up. It's up to us to take up that slack because the fight's coming to our shores. Belt and Road is a thing. And the ramifications of the outcome in Ukraine, whatever it may be, we are going to feel here at home. Unfortunately, I think that it is inevitable. Now, I come from the optimist side of the house. I'm very optimistic for the future and what the future holds. But that does not mean that we will not be tried in the process. I absolutely believe we do. And with saying that, I also say that there is no people on earth like the American people who, when we are organized for a task and we are given purpose, can achieve greatness like the world has never seen. Our best days are still ahead of us. And even though we have to suffer fools now, it will get better. But not without hard work. Not without you doing your part to prepare for an uncertain tomorrow. Anyway, folks, with that said, I also... Also, we'll be putting up IR patches and books. I've got them all back in stock, and I've got some more items that will be back in stock very, very soon. The books are back. The IR patches are back, and I'm going to have more details about that up on brushbeater.org. Go check it out. God bless all of you. It's an honor to be with you, and we are all alive in this era for a reason. This is NC Scout, out.